Welcome to Concerning Therapists, Mental Health Through the Looking Glass, a podcast largely concerned with psychotherapists from which a listener may discover much of their character, journey, and a little of their history. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not reflect those of any employer, affiliation, group, or other individual. Additionally, this podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. Welcome to Concerning Therapists. Hey, everyone. It's been a little while, but we're still here. It has. We never really explained that, but... It's called life. It is called life. It happens sometimes. I think that's exactly what it is. And I don't think we need to feel shame for living it. That's been one of the things that I've actually liked about this is I haven't. Normally, I haven't normally I would feel bad about that, but but I I think this time it's like no, I'm sorry. This is self care, not this is bonus, and we just haven't had a chance to do that. So, and I think that's just kind of what this podcast is going to be. I yes. I, I think starting in my head, I had this idea, okay, we're going to get monthly and we're going to do this because that's how you benefit other people. But I'm sorry, people, this is what happened. So Yeah. And I guess the reality comes to play that sometimes when you are doing something that you want to do for fun, trying to schedulize it and make it something that happens a certain amount yes, makes it less fun. Yes. Not that this hasn't been fun, but I think it's because we've been honoring needing breaks and spaces for other things in life too. Keep it fun. Yeah. I'm with that. So yes, um, it's a gap and that's just all there is to it. So um, we're back on, We're back today though. We, we are. Have, we did have a conversation. We didn't record the last one, but we got back to our reading and... So we're on part two. Part two. Yeah, the three attachment styles. Part two of the three the attachments. Yes. So we did start. We were talking about other things before we started recording, and it got so heated when we started talking about this. We got okay. We've got to record this because if we don't, it's going to become a rant. Yes. Um, and it, and you sound much calmer at the moment. <laughs> yes. Well, it's because I want to start on a good note. Okay. So. We The chapters we read were five, six, and seven, we and did. they were kind of um, separating out and describing the three primary attachment styles, the uh, of anxious, avoidant, and then secure. Yes. And the positive thing that I felt about it is if this book was read like a choose-your-own-adventure book, where you only read the parts that were related to you. Oh, right. There could be something really beneficial. Yes. So I have, oh. I was reading through and I had a couple clients come to my mind about, you know, each attachment style, particularly anxious and avoidant. Right. And I thought this might be really helpful for them to read this to help better understand themselves. I can see that. Yes. And that there are aspects in it, although there's things I disagree with, um, aspects of reading it in that way that could be really helpful. But reading it in its entirety just to read the whole book. Yes. I got very angry, <laughs> particularly on behalf of securely attached <laughs> people seeming to just have to fix everything else. That it. 
Yes. And it read that way constantly. And at the same time, it sort of put them in a boring category, but then tried to justify that they weren't really boring. Right. Um, It sounds like a lot more fun to be insecure or avoidant, but we're going to talk about stable, but they're actually, I really are fun people. Like, right. (laughs) And then they had this example of it. Um, really got me going earlier about the husband and wife where the wife was upset at something with work and she was yelling at her husband and he said something like, oh, this sounds like you're upset and I know it'd feel good for me to be upset with you, but I don't feel like, you know, I need to be upset about this. And I said to CJ that there's no way this is an actual couple in real life if unless one of them is a therapist. Or been through therapy. Or been through therapy extensively <laughs> together. Sure. Um, because... That seems like a really mature, fantastic, wonderful way to respond. And I'm a therapist and I'm securely attached. And I don't think I would ever say that as well put as this guy did in this example. (laughs) Yes. Especially on on the fly. Right. In bed. I've got to say... I probably have, but I don't know how much of that is the therapist in me and how much of it is... Just being securely attached. (laughs) Well, see, this is an ongoing argument I have with myself about what attachment style I have. Oh. And so this is also the argument I have with these chapters. Yes. They were very boxy. They were very boxy. Yes. And they, they, they do state that you can't be in a box. You can change and things change over life. That's one of the things I liked. Yeah. Is... Early on, it did seem to be that you had this early life experience and therefore this was your attachment style. You were kind of stuck with it. You could work on it, but that's how it was. They did say that with different situations, we'll probably come to that because that's one of my questions about these chapters, but they did acknowledge that with different situations that you could do that. But the chapters don't necessarily present in that way. No, and I, I would say part of it is I think the boxiness of it makes it feel challenging because there's this underlying sentiment, right? There's an underlying sentiment of each of these of kind of, this is the home base or this is the phraseology we're using to describe this. And I feel like I can identify particularly with secure in some of those ways. Behaviorally, I'm not sure that I always do the secure thing. (laughs) And I think there's also components of that, that are interesting and they don't really discuss it, which again, it depends what this book is utilized for. Yes. I, as an explanation, an intro again, back to what we were saying before. Okay. I can see trying some of the case studies, the things they're presenting. It gives you a better idea of maybe what they're trying to say. Sure. As a practicality, I keep coming back to, and I wanted to, Like I wanted to come back to this part and go, okay, we're past the intro thing. Let's get into it. I wanted to be so much happier with these chapters. And I just kept, uh, I said earlier, one of my notes on it is just what with exclamation marks and questions, because it was so, I would not give that at least that paragraph to a client in my whole life. Sure. Um, And yet it's in the middle of this book. So you can't avoid it. Um, but then there are things I liked. So where should we start? Do you want to go through the things you liked a little bit more? Should we go straight into the things we didn't like? Well, I mean, I think 
I want to say that I did like that each of the chapters kind of had some explanations, multiple kind of variations of it. So people could really feel like they would be heard. Right. Sure. And I liked that each of the insecure attachment styles had kind of those tips of, you know, here are ways to help adjust for this. How here are the ways to kind of make the behavioral changes or work to change the thinking. And so I think there was some really positive stuff in there and mm -hmm. it didn't feel to me like those things were just be a different person. Right. Yeah. I did take issue with all of them saying, find a securely attached person. Yes. As like solution number one, right. partner with someone securely attached. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not sure it's that blatant for people who haven't read it, but it was definitely presented as the healthy way out of this is to attach. And if you're insecure, then don't find another insecure. You're probably going to attract avoidance. And so stop it and go and find a secure person. Yeah. Uh, okay. That would be easy. <laughs> right. Right. If, if that was that easy. And yet they also acknowledge in one point that that's one of the things I did like just to still still your thing is that they did talk about dating and that you are more likely to find some populations of people. I was just going to say that yeah. I really liked that, I particularly that working with clients who are dating. Yes. I found that to be something that I would love. I have a client just that came to mind and I wanted to say it makes sense Yes. That the people who are have these insecure, particularly avoidant is where they talk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Finding them in your dating pools more. Right. Because they are also the people who are going to be more frequently in and out of relationships. Yes. And I did find that to be really cool to help give that insight. Right. Yeah. I talk a lot about um fishing what what pond are you fishing in yes you know are you fishing in a pond that has the kind of fish that you're looking for right, right. right? and i think that is the inherent challenge of the dating world mm -hmm. and so I, I did like that they spelled that out that was one of the things i thought was actually yeah. really great to see i think it comes up in a lot of um a lot of therapy sessions mm -hmm. but when you look at some of the the information out there doesn't tend to come up in books. Like these yes. dating things tend to avoid that topic. They might say, uh, don't use online, use this, but they don't really explain why that might be finding that. So I, I found that beneficial. Right. Yeah. And I, I do think that was a helpful thing. I, I also liked the lack of jargon Yes. Um, I did feel there was a few phrases that they gave, but they gave pretty well described definitions of them. And really, I felt it was very readable. Sure. Um, and so I think that was also a plus in boiling something down like this to a understandable level. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought all that was good. I liked that. And as you said, I think if you were using it as a kind of a basic idea to understand a little bit better with the different viewpoints, and you could take one chapter at a time for a person, mm -hmm. that would be much easier to manage some of those things. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you really like? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think that there was. <laughs> I, yeah. I liked that they did do the chapters on their own. Yes. I think that would have been really easy to roll them in 
to um, to one big chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have got away with the same information, but I did like that. The other thing I liked is that they did create a little box about activating strategies. Um, not because I actually liked the activating strategies, <laughs> um, but I think people could really look uh, and get a snapshot of maybe what that was. Yes. Uh, I think they were pretty simplistic. The activating strategies, um, so these are things that, uh, if I just pull it up here, I am on a digital device, so I have to click. Oh, I have written down. Oh. The activating strategies are thoughts or feelings that compel you to get close physically or emotionally to your partner. Right. And so for insecure example, the first one is thinking about your mate, difficulty concentrating on other things or remembering only their good qualities. I mean, all good things. Um, I don't think they're necessarily bad. But one of the things, and I know that this is all part of research and things like that, um, but they listed things like protest behavior um, later on of what do you do when you let your attachment system get the best of you? Mm-hmm. Sure, they were fine. They were pretty stereotypical kind of examples, and I didn't like that. I think if you were wanting a general idea, so sure, if you're wanting to learn a little bit, um, about these attachments and get a snapshot of it. It was valuable. I think they are too simplistic. Mm-hmm. And in a system set up where people are going to be adjusting differently for different reasons, it would be really hard to know some of those, whether they were as a result of your attachment, as a result of the behavior of the other person. There's just a bunch of things that could be going on. Yeah, and I think one of the things is kind of a crossover. I I guess I I wasn't entirely true. The other thing I did like was discussing some of the limitations of research. I thought that that was very insightful and important, um, particularly in regards to avoidance. Um, The avoidant attachment style being less likely to report Um, be engaged in these research studies report effectively because of the nature of the attachment style. So I do think that was helpful. Um, I think the big thing that I kept coming back to throughout a lot of this is it, it just felt a little too simplistic, particularly from a systemic perspective, right? So it's not surprising to me in a label like anxious attachment style. I kept thinking to myself, what if this is something that somebody is doing because they feel anxiety, not right. because that's their attachment style? Yes. Or is the argument that somebody who has anxiety inherently has an attachment style of anxious? You know, I think there was some of that that felt to me like significant missing pieces to the puzzle. Right. Um, and really challenging. And and one of the things I liked was, you know, kind of giving that dating advice of, Hey, here are ways to weed out people who are avoidant, which I think makes sense because they did describe that dynamic um, between the anxious attachment, the avoidant attachment. Um, But at the same time, I kept thinking to myself, well, what if somebody is struggling and this isn't necessarily representative of how they are? all of the time or, you know, Mm -hmm. there just was all this stuff from the mental health world and the systemic view that just felt like this was too boiled down. Yes. Especially one of the examples. We keep trying to go to positive, Erica. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, One of the examples was 
around someone who was anxious attachment as described was in a relationship where they had all this anxious attachment Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden dumped that partner, found someone else and the anxious attachment suddenly disappeared. Magic. Um, Right. And when you look at it, could you class that anxious attachment? Yes, if you're putting everything in the paradigm of everything that exists in relationships is attachment styles. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, the partner was – um, was ambivalent, was all these extra things that could be, you know, provoking anxiety. And so where is the line of, sure, they're attached anxiously, but that's different from the theory of attachment styles. Right. Um, and so magically they found someone who was actually good to them, and in this case the other person was far from good to them. Right. Um, and suddenly the attachment style changes. I, I'm, yes, that's part of as you develop and grow and find someone who you can trust, your anxious style adjusts and you're not always the same. And yet at the same time, there seems to be systemic things that I wouldn't necessarily class as an attachment issue there. Right. When I think it, the attachment style, I think, has a lot more weight when you're talking about a pattern of behaviors in relationships right. versus boiling things down to one relationship at a time. Yes. Right. Similar to um, just other coping techniques or strategies that we'll utilize in it in different ways. If we use it all the time with people, regardless of the dynamic, that's going to be more in- indicative of something about us or an overhaul of something versus something about this situation specifically. Sure. sure. So, um, I mean, let's go into the things we didn't like, because based on that story there, uh, the quote from the chapter, this is one of the things I highlighted as, as problematic. The sentence, two sentences that I particularly had a problem with that sum it up are, now Emily no longer feels herself self stuck in the danger zone. Her husband is loving, caring, and most important, available. Great. Like, I'm, I'm really glad they're happy. Mm-hmm. However, in therapy, we wouldn't want to say, okay, your solution is now found in finding... Someone else. Someone else. Yeah. Right? Um, because then, which we will get to with my... I'm struggling to keep this quote in, but then the problem is the other person all the time. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? You just got to date someone else. You got to find someone else. You got to find a good match. Right. Um, when some of that anxious, I keep wanting to say insecure, but that's anything that's not secure. The anxious um, is part of the thing that needs to be addressed for the person, not just the relationship. Right. When I think that's the thing that this, these missed is this idea of how do you work to feel that within yourself, right. regardless of who you're partnering, which is what I think is so interesting when they talk about the securely attached type, Yes, is they, do- they talk about it. And they had a couple sentences in there, I'll give credit where credit's due, that indicated that can change, mm-hmm. right? Things can shift, you can have these things. Um, but I think that that there's this inherent thing that like, if you're securely attached, yay, this is great. Like you feel really good about stuff. You're, you know, you just inherently have this thing, right? Versus I would say like in speaking for myself, and if I look back at relationship dynamics, 
in my youth, I was much more insecurely attached. And in fact, it took experiences that I had and work I had to do with myself to get to the point where at this point in my life, I feel fairly securely attached. And that has nothing to do with my partner at this time. Mm -hmm. It just has to do with where I sit in my relationship with myself. Right. Right. And I think that's the thing, you know, I wrote down in the avoidant chapter, um, what you can do today to stop pushing love away. Mm -hmm. Um, and literally number three is find a secure partner. Right. And, um, like, okay. That feels strange to me. And so I think like, that's a good way of really pushing all of the problem to somebody else, which I think is really funny because I think that's inherent to the avoidant attachment style description. Yes. Right. Is like, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. So this way that they're offering a suggestion is to make something not your problem. Right. Right. Um, yes, there was a lot of that Mm -hmm. all the way through, even for some of the secure, Mm -hmm. I felt like Lent and maybe this is the systemic lens that I look at it through in terms of enmeshment and differentiation. Um, differentiation is not the same as avoidant. It's a long way away from avoidant. Right. And it felt like that they wanted, um, they wanted people to go towards differentiation, but their descriptions were avoidant. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps it's because they're looking at it through the attachment style and that's not their basis. Right. Um, but, Yes, I I think that was part of the whole, it, it, it's someone else's. To that point, I'm going to read this because this is the thing that just had the big capital what letters after yeah. it. Um, how can you tell if things have gone too far? If you're secure but start to feel agitated, worried, or jealous, anxious traits, or if you find yourself thinking twice before expressing your feelings, or becoming less trusting, of or starting to play games with your partner, avoidant traits, it is a huge warning sign and very likely that you're with the wrong person or that oh you've been gosh. through a difficult experience that has shaken the core of your secure foundation. Life events such as the loss of a loved one, an illness or a divorce can cause such a shift. So, yes, it's absolutely true. Right, there's definitely a problem going on. Yes, and yes. it does cause a shift and it's something to look at. Um, that doesn't mean throw away your partner and find a new one. That's the two options. Is right. <laughs> the, the, the core of your secure foundation has been lost or you're with the wrong person. If the core of your secure foundation has been lost, then the, the thing here is you're in, you're with the wrong person. Um, so again, it's not like, okay, how are we going to move forward? And we haven't finished the book. Maybe they redeem themselves, mm. but it was very much, we said that last time, mm-hmm. but um, it is very much like, sorry, these things happen to you. Find someone who's secure and can treat you well so you can don't have to be so anxious or avoidant anymore, and then everything will be better. And if that's not the case, then you're with the wrong person. Basically, that means if you're in a relationship with two anxious people or one anxious and one avoidant, you really shouldn't be together. Well, and I think it's really interesting how like they also talk about the concept of finding the one and then they keep saying the right person, right? Like you're not with the right person. Um, Could it be a right person? Like, I think, I think there's a lot of that that happened in, in the book thus far. And I, 
flipping it back to a positive note, I do think there's a lot of interesting things in here. I do think it is really good yes. food for thought. And so approaching the book in that way, I think would be really beneficial. If you're yes. going in with a curiosity and a skepticism um, and almost a critical eye in some ways, I think has warranted or is warranted in in reading this to get the benefit it has. Yeah. I think it has stuff to offer. I think oh, there absolutely. are there is usefulness. I think it's just challenging to digest all of this incongruence that feels like is is present as well as right it it this book seems to really walk that line between educational material and self-help book. Yes. And I think it doesn't really quite do a great job at either of those things exclusively. Mm -hmm. But could you patchwork something together to find usefulness? I, I do think yes. So I, as much as we're talking down, I think it sounds like we both agree there is usefulness to be had. Yes. But please, if you're going to read this book, if you're going to recommend it to clients, I would really encourage um, giving some sort of lens in which to view this and not to view it as you know, firm and going to give you the answers. That's a good it way. It gives to you the it. questions. Yes. No, I think that's a really good way to frame it because I do think there's really good information in it. I do think it presents some of it well. And the multiple examples for me got a little bit too much, but I could see how someone could see different parts of their experience in them. Right. But wherever it goes into self-help is except for the, except for the one case with the dating, Mm -hmm. Every other case, it it just seems to be not helpful. It's not right. growth oriented. It's not uh, change oriented. It's not uh, well analyzed for the different situations. It is very black and white. It's not collaborative. It's not collaborative in any sense. Right. Um, gosh, that's probably too harsh. It's far from collaborative. Um, and so if it had just been a description book, I think I would have been much happier with it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it, again, I think it gives you a lot of the questions and I think it gives you a lot of that material and, and, you know, maybe this will be a nice cap end in some okay. ways. Uh, I think the other thing that may be true is of all of the attachment styles, the anxious person is going to be the one most likely to read the book attached. That, that and is so very true. maybe similar to the research description of having a difficult time for avoidant types to do the research studying or the research studies yeah. as participants effectively. Um, maybe that is the thing to be said is that if you're reading attached and you have an anxious attachment style, this is probably much more helpful than yep. if you have an avoidant or a secure attachment style. I would agree with that. Or if you are interacting with a uh, partner who has an anxious style, that would be a helpful way to understand them better. Yes. Um, so maybe there's that, that little caveat of if this is a book for those people, uh, maybe less criticism. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, I mean, I do think it's, it's a book worth reading for therapists. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would put it on my bookshelf, um, a digital one as it is. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I would probably put it there in terms of wrecking him. So far, I'm going to still keep my thing of I might uh, I might photocopy pages for clients, a chapter here or there, but I'm not sure I would recommend the whole book. Right. Well, and I think it would, you know, be to the discretion as well of what you're wanting the utilization to be. Right. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what else they have to offer. Yep. Um, they did refer to future things in these chapters. Um, so we'll have to see what comes in the remaining parts of the book. Yes. So looking ahead, I'm going to pull it up now. Um, we're looking at part three, mm -hmm. uh, when attachment styles clash. So I guess we could go into what that could look like, but my guess is it's going to go a little bit more into some of those things that I talked about earlier, the anxious avoidance going together, things like that. So again, that could be really, well, I mean, we'll see. But this I could, could be see. redeeming. We'll see what happens. It could be redeeming. It could also be great for certain chapters to give. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not um, a therapist for some reason listening to this. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that you don't need to read this book, but I, I think I would want to say to you that there's a lot of work you can do no matter what your attachment style is. Yes. And we all want to be better people. Uh, so whether you're secure or anxious or avoidant, then there's work you can do. It's not a matter of feeling stuck in that. Um, or if your relationship is such that you feel like, okay, I, I'm anxious or I'm the secure person and I've somehow ended up in a relationship with someone who's at least at the moment anxious or avoidant, mm -hmm. um, I would take that, that smaller portion, but that real portion that that has happened and can change. And so you can intervene. It doesn't mean you're with the wrong person. It might. Right. You might not be in the right relationship and it might not stay, but um, just like one of the parts that said is if you've tried lots of things and it's still not working, maybe you should leave. that that's true, but I would not limit what that working is. See someone talk it through just because you haven't found out how to make it work. Right. Doesn't mean that it's not going to work. Well, and I think the thing that the book talked about, I think at several points in time is the securely attached person's strongest tool is communication. Right. And the reality is your attachment style does not mean that you can't learn to be a more effective communicator. Right. And I think from a therapeutic perspective, that is a big thing that is important in all relationships and almost all of us can work to improve that. And I think that does do a lot. Um, doesn't fix everything just because right. you can talk about the problems doesn't right. mean you can fix them, but, um, it definitely is a tool that really helps assist in the effectiveness of dealing with what's going on. So that's another piece of the puzzle. I think they did effectively identify Yes, is that communication is really imperative right. for relationship success. Hmm. That's a good point. I, most of most books that have the questions at the end, I always ignore the questions at the end. I'm just not good at those. Mm. But this would actually be a book that I would like that because I think having some of that self-analysis of where am I at mm -hmm. rather than the way that they've done it would have been a good addition. Mm -hmm. But, um, yep, absolutely. Great. If you're reading it, you're getting stuff out of it, great. Um, if you feel like it's too much, then talk to someone about it. Close the book. Yeah. 
No right. one told you you have to read it. That's right. That's okay too. You don't have to finish things. You start sometimes. You can just stop. And if if we're getting it wrong, if you love this book, um, tell us why you love it. Like, yeah, we would love to hear that. We're not going to argue with you because there are parts that we really like as well. Mm -hmm. um, but if you really liked the overall, or you've got some experience with using this with clients, and we're just super sensitive, um, I know that's a fault of mine. I look at a lot of these books and go, it's not specific enough for the client I'm looking at and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to not lead them down a path because I don't want to clean up the mess after I'll pick and choose then um then tell us like I'm really happy to hear if that's working for your clients more and I'm being super sensitive to that that would be really good to hear right well and I think it's one of the things too like we're viewing it from the perspective of someone who has training to deal with certain things. Right. So the usefulness to somebody who doesn't is going to be hard for us to assess. That's true. That's probably a good question to ask someone someday is when you read these things in the books how much do you throw out? Mhm. Mm well thanks for joining us today. Um we are back if you're following on with this. I can't promise you that we'll be at this next chapter because as we said, we're doing this. Um, but also if you want to come and speak to us or hang out, uh, let us know. Yes. All right. See you all soon.